0: Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard, and welcome to the One Giant Mind podcast, where we cultivate greater insight and artfulness to our ever-evolving humanity. I talk with everyday people, dealing with everyday challenges, using timeless wisdom and knowledge, through the lens of a regular meditation practice. In this podcast, we explore the nuances of the ever-increasing demand to change, and how we can meet our condition and transmute it, so that we can reveal ever more deeply our true nature. So, I have a question around trust. When we say like trust the flow of the universe, trust the trust life, um, versus faith, versus belief, as it pertains to spirituality, and I guess the word knowing. Well, I put trust, faith, belief, hope in the same category, and they're all important instruments in the early stages of developing uh, our spiritual awareness. What I mean by spiritual awareness is the awareness of ourselves, what we are essentially our spiritual beings, having a human experience, and the... Part of how we characterize the spiritual journey is identifying with ourself as the soul as opposed to a body with some kind of randomized consciousness experience happening inside of it, sort of haphazardly bouncing through life, reacting to external stimulation in order to determine what the next best move is. When we move in the direction of cultivating spirituality, which is awareness of the spirit, what we realize is that inherent within us, all of us, is an intelligence that contains within it the the navigational mechanism to know what to do next. The operative word is know, to know what to do next. And cultivating an awareness of our knowingness takes a little bit of time and so we employ these principles of trust, faith, belief, hope as a, a temporary scaffolding if you like, temporary infrastructure to hold us in a, in a relative state of steadiness while we move through unknown territory and discover how to be not being externally focused or externally referenced to take our cues from reality. We take it from an inner reality. And because we haven't, on the level of our senses and on the level of the mind, hardwired the experience of ourselves, the knowingness of ourselves, the fact that that intelligence is always present, unshakable, has always been there. It's only that we've been ignoring it. The practice of becoming increasingly more familiar and aware until it is is stabilized is shaky. You know, it's a shaky practice. It's a shaky experience. And what we employ is ideas about what our deeper existence is about, what our deeper reality actually is. And for the most part, for people that would define themselves as being spiritual and on a spiritual path would include a universal intelligence in their model, in their belief system, that life isn't just about this body, this mind, this world. There's more to it. There is a sense that there's more to it. And perhaps not always a knowingness, sometimes a knowingness, but not always a knowingness. And when there's not a knowingness, a forgetfulness, we have to lean on instruments like faith. Okay, I'm not feeling it right now. I don't know for sure that this universal intelligence is here and it's it's got my back and it's, you know, I'm a part of it and everything's okay. I'm feeling quite freaked out actually, living from a place of present moment awareness, stepping into the unknown and creating something new rather than hiding in the ever-repeating known. When, when we are learning how to live in the unknown, it can be absolutely terrifying for most people, at least some of the time. The, the transition from operating from a, an indoctrinated set of habits and conditions um, is something that just kind of is imposed upon us from, from a young age and part and parcel with the spiritual path is breaking free from that and when we break free from that we're entering into unknown territory and so we we draw upon a a, a set of psychologically created beliefs faith and hope and trust they're all mechanisms of the mind they are they burn away Ultimately, one, one no longer requires any of those things when one is truly established in themselves. When I'm having an experience of my knowingness, when I'm deeply connected to that underlying intelligence that's governing every impulse that runs through my body, and I can fully surrender to that knowing that it is myself, and there's no doubt about that, then what use is there for belief systems, for trust, because what trust implies is, I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyway. <gasps> Here we go. I'm just going to trust. I'm just going to trust. Whereas, you know, let's let's use an, uh, an example. Someone who's never walked across a, a rope drawbridge before over a very, let's say, a 200-meter-high gorge and the leading trek guide. It's like, come on, let's go. We're going to go across this bridge. And someone who's never walked across a, a big rope bridge before is going to go, whoa, no way, <laughs> right? There's no way I'm walking over that thing. And the, the, the guide goes, no, no, it's fine. Just trust, it's, it's going to be fine. And because that person has a relationship with the guide, they're inclined to go, okay, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to trust you. And while I do that, while I'm in that process of trusting you, it's going to be terrifying. I'm going to walk across that drawbridge and I'm going to be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my goodness, you know, until you get to the end and you're like, what do you know? It didn't collapse. It's strong. It worked. And then maybe the second and third and fourth time, there's still going to be some anxiety and you still may need to reference the guide and go, are you sure this is all right? He's like, yep, I do it all the time. And you watch the guide and the guide's like, (whistles) you know, looking down. Oh, wow, look at down there and look at that. And look at that. And oh, there's an eagle and, you know, Not thinking for a second about the the potential danger, because there is an underlying knowingness of the integrity of the bridge, and that was cultivated through experience, going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. The spiritual path and how we utilize trust and belief and faith and all of those kinds of things is, is much like that. At first, we don't know, and so we have to employ some psychological mechanism to get us moving. And so we tell ourselves it's okay because of this, 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 and this. Because there's a universal intelligence and that universal intelligence, you know, is in me. I detect it even though I'm not detecting it right now because I'm flooded with fear and terror. I'm just going to trust. It's an important tool, right? But we we must understand that they are... They are bridging mechanisms, and only that. Same with hope, faith, all of that. We don't want to live with just an idea of who we are or an idea of who God is or the universal intelligence that pervades all things. We want to have the direct experience of it. We want to know it, and we should only use trust, faith, hope, belief, as instruments to get us to that place. Otherwise, we'll be contained perpetually in a certain degree of anxiety and uncertainty and insecurity, spiritual insecurity. And we have the potential to know ourselves as the entire universe, to uh, to be a part of the, the whole fabric. I'm a part of the whole thing to know ourselves as that, not just as an idea, but to feel it viscerally in the body, and the senses, for our mind to be filled with awareness and insight and creativity that is expressive of this knowingness, that informs behavior, that leads to the creation of something that is expressive of this underlying unity. This is what we're after, nothing short of that. So, again, you know, if you find yourself needing to use trust and faith and whatever, notice it. Notice that that's what you're doing. Okay, I'm having a moment of forgetfulness about the reality of things. But a part of me is certain enough that I'm going to invest in moving in the direction of what I normally think feel like I know that's absent right now. I'm going to just move in the direction of it. And I'm going to begin noticing at the point where I no longer need trust, where I'm moving back into knowingness. So I think, you know, before we wrap this up, we should probably just quickly talk about the phenomenon of forgetting. You know, why is it that we need to employ trust when we've had plenty of experiences of knowingness? And it's just simply the depth of the rut in which we have been Conditioned into, if we walk up and down a pathway long enough, it ruts out, and we understand neurology and the, the way the brain works and the way interneuronal connections form, neural pathways form. If we use it enough, it becomes like a deep rut, and it's not until we carve another path to to direct the neural energy, if you like, the electricity of the brain down different pathways. It will, will just like water in in a riverbed, it will just seek the deepest path, right? It will just go straight to what is already established as a bank. It's a habit. The most effective way of forming the habit of knowingness is intimately being aware and interacting with the experience of doubt, of uncertainty. And rather than assigning a narrative of oh my goodness, I've taken so many steps backwards in my development because I I now doubt myself and I can't, I can't see clearly. I can't see a clear pathway forward. If you can, to some extent, disarm that narrative for a moment and go, okay, I'm, I'm having a moment of forgetfulness. It's okay. Let's employ the mechanism of trust and Let's take steps in the direction of what I sense possibly is true, but I'm doubting. And let's investigate. If we can take that approach of curiosity and investigation, then in real time, we are engaged in addressing the habit. And actually, this is the means by which we start forming a deep rut, if you like, of a habit of knowingness because we are employing the principle of power which is i am not going to disengage i'm not going to surrender into a state of hopelessness and oh it's all too much and so i'm just going to revert to some old ignorant behavior and pretend that everything's just you know working against me and there's no underlying intelligence in the universe and it's everything is ultimately against me working against me it's all too hard which is what so much of the old psychology can constantly play out inside your mind, make you feel like it's just impossible. If you can suspend that and and engage in a narrative of curiosity and observe the tendency to want to give up or divert or blame or whatever, that's where the growth happens. It's a sweet spot that requires you staying in discomfort and continuing to observe. And ultimately, what occurs is you, you start to realize, oh, I'm, by doing this, I am in my power. Because despite the fact that I don't feel great, I don't feel powerful, I'm not abandoning my capacity to be present and continue observing. This by itself is power to remain present while being uncertain. In fact, I'd say this is when you're most powerful. When does power count? Power counts when our backs are against the wall and we're being challenged. Can we remain in ourselves? And this is how we earn the stripes, so to speak, of establishing ourselves. is by staying with ourself despite the fact that our body is saying, run for the hills, run for the hills, shut down, close down, stop thinking so big and creatively, damn it. <laughs> right? And over time, you'll notice that it becomes increasingly more difficult, as I said before, to, to ignore what you know. And you notice that you don't need trust. The quality of the mind state is different it's not filled with a need for incessant affirmation in order to keep you on track you're referencing a deeper energy that's in the heart region that is an abstract impulse a compulsion to move and act that's filled with expansive potentiality it's like hmm it's it's we're not driven by just a a set of psychological directives, mental directives. We're coming from a deeper psycho-emotional feeling place. And everything feels a lot less clunky, a lot easier. And then we experience what you refer to as flow. Flow is just when we're out of the road of ourselves. Everything's flowing. When we're in flow, we're just connected to the current of that underlying intelligence that pervades all things. We're a part of it. We're participating. We're in alliance with it. Was that helpful? That was very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. So what what I'm hearing is um, that's the heart's desire, that psycho-emotional place that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's the soul's desire. Mm. It is our desire. When we say the soul, we're saying self. It is the desire of the self. Capital S. Yeah, capital S, big self. And that the the soul expresses itself as an energetic impulse that's filled with a compulsion to want to do something. The possibility of fulfilling its vision fills us with so much excitement and energy and passion and war. We just need to learn how to follow that. Because while ever we're following that, then we're feeling that way. Enthusiastic, passionate, full of energy. And it doesn't matter necessarily what it's directing us towards. The outcome is secondary to the experience of sustaining the experience of it. What we do with that is, you know, secondary to how we are in relationship with it. and this is a big transition period, this is a big transition point on our spiritual journey. It is becoming less outcome orientated, less less dependent on the fruition of an idea to give us a sense of validation about our worth, whether we accomplish something or not. Accomplishment is engagement in the flow of intelligence and participating in its expression in the moment and it's all a process there's no absolute arrival point even in enlightenment it still keeps like fluctuating into higher states of expansion everything's constantly moving bigger bigger and better bigger and better bigger and better bigger and better yeah thank you Thank you for taking some time to listen to the One Giant Mind podcast, and I hope you're getting a lot out of it. If you're somebody that hasn't yet got a regular meditation practice, One Giant Mind offers a couple of ways in which you can make that happen right now. You can go to onegiantmind.com and have a look at our teacher directory. We've got hundreds of teachers around the world teaching the One Giant Mind being technique, both in person and online. And if whatever reason you're unable to get to one of those courses, you could Download our free Learn to Meditate app. It's called One Giant Mind. It's got a 12 step course that'll get you started. And if you're already a regular meditator and feel deeply called to bring this beautiful practice into the world, we strongly encourage you to check out our One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy. We train passionate meditators to become powerful leaders in their community, equipped with tools to empower others to know themselves very intimately we teach a powerful process of how to run a meditation course and facilitate the building and growing of a community and we would love to welcome you into our global family of teachers a special thanks to our show producer daniel tucker aka spiritual tradie our music composer the one and only ali liberman and all of the one giant mind team